morning. I'm Pastor Nick. Welcome to our Rosewood Church of the Nazarene family. We hope today's message will be a help to you. May God bless you. We invite you to join Pastor Lisa Altar and Pastor Tina Pertamber on an amazing 17 days journey to Egypt, Jordan, and Israel from the 15th to the 31st of October, 2015. This is a pilgrimage you will always remember. For itinerary and registration information, phone Christian Journeys at 1-877-465-3442. Again, the phone number is one 1- Eight seven seven four six five three four four two, or go to website www.rosewoodchurch.ca. This is our second tour to the biblical lands. Good morning and welcome to you. And we're still in the new year at the beginning. And so you know what that means. At the beginning of a new year, people often like to make New Year's resolutions, right? How many of you yourselves make New Year's resolutions? I'm sure most of you probably may not necessarily make a list. But in your mind, you think, I'd like to do this, or I'd like to improve that, or I'd like to change this. So New Year's resolutions are a very popular thing when it comes to the beginning of a new year. A son called his father at the beginning of the year to wish his parents a happy new year. While he was on the phone, he said, so, Dad, do you have any New Year's resolutions? His father said, just one. To make your mother as happy as she can be all year long. So, he said, that's great. I hope you keep it. He said, can I speak to mom? So, he spoke to his mother and he said, happy new year, mom. So, do you have any new year's resolutions? She says, oh, yes. Just one. She says, to make sure your father keeps his. But despite whatever resolutions we have, we know that there are many things that we can continue to do, not just in one year, but continuously. And today I want to focus on the passage from Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 to 6, from Colossians chapter 4. And this gives us further instructions as to how we should live. And this morning I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Okay, and it will be on the screen. If you are able to, please stand and join me as we read the scripture. Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 to 6. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us, too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Let us pray. Father, this morning we thank you once again for the privilege that we have 
to worship in your house, for the opportunity that we have to hear from you, to study your word, to know more about you. And so, Lord, this morning we pray that indeed your spirit would move in this place, that you would speak and that you would have your way. Open up our hearts and our minds to your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So speaking about resolutions, when someone makes a resolution, they basically say, I'm going to resolve to do something. So what does that mean? What does the word resolve mean? Well, according to dictionary.com, resolve means to come to a definite or earnest decision about something. Basically, you're determined to do something. You've set your mind that this is what I'm going to do. Well, a few people thought that that's exactly what they're going to do over the years. One person in 2012 said, I will read at least 10 books this year. Not fully being able to keep that in 2013, they said, well, I will try to finish the book I started last year. In 2014, they said, well, I will read most of my email this year instead. And now in 2015, they said, well, I will sometimes read the comic section of the Sunday paper (laughs) to try to make their goal a little more realistic. Another person who was concerned about their weight said in 2013, I will work out five days a week and eat 500 calories a day until I lose 20 pounds. Hmm, very ambitious. Unfortunately, not being able to keep that. In 2014, they said, well, I'll work out three days a week and try to lose the five pounds I gained last year. Not being successful at that, they said, well, this year, it's going to be different. I will walk my dog and throw out the box of Twinkies next year. (laughs) Sometimes we have good intentions, but oftentimes it's very difficult when we don't have realistic goals to try to keep. But I believe this morning, and I'd like to suggest three ways, just specifically three ways from this passage of scripture that I believe that we can all aim to live and have a happier new year, and not just a new year, but a happier life. And so from this passage of scripture, my point number one is, this year, may we resolve to, number one, have a regular prayer life. Have a regular prayer life. This comes right from scripture, where the apostle Paul urges us And he says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Devote yourselves to prayer. Now, what does it mean when you're devoted to something or someone? It's more than just doing it. It's being earnest, being steadfast, being regular, doing it on a regular basis. Having an important regular prayer life is essential to all believers. No matter who we are, no matter where we come from or what we do, we need to be connected to God. Without God, there is no power. There is no strength. We need to be connected to him. No matter where we are on a spiritual journey, we all can continue to grow deeper in this way, having a more regular prayer life. Despite what we may believe, prayer is something that we need. It's not just something that we do for uh, just on a Sunday. It's not something we do just when we're in trouble or we need something. But it's a connection that we make with God. And some people may even believe that prayer just happens when someone says, Okay, let's bow our heads and close our eyes and let's pray. And yes, that's true. That's when prayer happens. But did you know that prayer happens everywhere at any time? 
Prayer can happen when you're driving in your car. You're not closing your eyes, but you're praying. And it can be just a silence in your own heart. It can be out loud. Prayer can happen when you're standing in the grocery checkout line. It can happen when you're working out or when you're on the bus. It can happen when you're waiting somewhere. It can happen when you're at work. Prayer can happen no matter where we are. And it's not that we have to be in a formal position with our heads bowed, being kneeling down. But prayer is communication with God that we have. And without prayer, there is no power. Someone once said that the battle is won when we're on our knees, when we are connected to God. You see, we don't understand, but when we pray, it unleashes power. God is able to move without us asking. But when we ask, it unleashes a whole different level of belief and of power. And not only are we able to pray on our own, but it's important to pray together. And that's why we encourage having regular prayer times. That's why we encourage you to pray on a regular basis. Yes, you pray on your own, but there's strength in numbers, in coming together as believers in agreement to say that we are going to stand in the gap, that we're going to intercede for those needs. And we are a church that I'm proud to say that believes in the power of prayer, that we believe that God is at work when we get to work praying and bringing those needs before him. Every week, without fail, you will see a prayer sheet in your bulletin. And that's not just because we have nothing better to do, but that's because we believe in the power of prayer. That's because we want you to develop a regular prayer life, not just praying for your own personal needs or the needs of just your family. But the scripture says in verse 2, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. What does that mean? It means being mindful of the things around us, the things that are happening in our church family, in our community, in our world on a global level, things that are happening with our government, things that are happening in our education system, being alert and praying and bringing those needs before God and also being thankful, understanding when God has answered those prayers that we have earnestly been praying and thanking him for that. Thanking him for the answer prayer. And many of you, many of you I know can honestly say that God has answered you and your prayers. There are many of you who have struggled with finding a job or a sickness or illness or a family member's illness. And you have seen what prayer is able to do. We must have a regular prayer life. It's important. It's essential. It is the way that we hear from God and speak to him and connect. And as believers, this is a must. It's not an optional, but it is a must. There's something that I read one time that says seven days without prayer makes one week. Not W-E-E-K, but W-E-A-K. Seven days without prayer makes one week weak. You see, the battle that we face in life is not against flesh and blood. It's not the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. And the only way that we can fight that battle is when we get to work and pray. This year, I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you to have a regular prayer life. And that doesn't mean that you need to wake up at 5 a.m. every morning and spend three hours praying Because let me tell you, that's not for everyone. 
Okay? If the best time that you can pray is at lunchtime, then go and pray at your lunchtime. If your best time that you can pray is at night, then pray at night. The Bible doesn't say thou shalt pray for four hours a day. That's what makes you holy. No. We just need to have a regular connection with God. And if we try to be like someone else who wakes up at 5 a.m. and prays for hours at a time, then we're going to fail. But we need to give our best to God when we can. And whatever that time may be, it's not about counting the hours or the minutes, but it's about giving God our best. You see, we try to fit prayer into our schedule when really we should be fitting everything else around that. It should be our priority. And there are some people who may not be Christians, but they take prayer seriously. When we as Christians have seen God at work, we should take it even more seriously to know that God is working in our lives. And I want to commend the many of you who regularly pray, who pray not only for your family, but the needs of this church, who gather on Wednesday mornings to pray, who gather on the first Saturday of every month to pray. And I want to encourage more of you to make that a regular part of your daily schedule and a regular part of your life to have an earnest prayer life whether that's for family members whether it's for friends community there's so many things that we can pray for may we continuously pray i want to share with you a story from bill hybels he tells about an interesting experience after baptism service in his church he writes i bumped into a woman in the stairwell who was crying i thought it was a little odd since the service was so joyful I asked her if she was all right. She said, no, I'm struggling. She said, today my mother was baptized. Shocked, he said, well, why are you so sad and struggling? She said, you see, I prayed every day for almost 20 years. The reason I'm crying is because I came this close to giving up on her. At the five-year mark, she said, I said to God, who needs this? You're not even listening. At the 10-year mark, she said, I asked, why am I even wasting my time doing this? At the 15-year mark, she said, this is absurd. There's no point in going on. At the 19-year mark, she said, I'm just a fool. God's not hearing me. But she said, I kept trying. I kept praying. I kept believing. Even with, with weak faith, I kept praying. Then she said, here I am. And I've experienced my mother giving her life to Christ. And now being baptized, she said, I will never doubt the power of prayer again. Sometimes we may feel that our prayers are not being heard when really we need to understand that God's timing is perfect. We need to continuously be steadfast and earnest and go to him, not just praying for the sake of praying, but believing, having faith that he will hear and he will answer. You see, when we seek God first, everything else will fall into place. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. When we give him first place and first priority in our lives, when we dedicate ourselves to him and doing his work and his will, then we don't have to worry about everything else, but they will come. Seek first his kingdom and everything else will fall into place. Amen? Amen. 
The second truth that I want to share with you this morning is this year, may we, number two, resolve to use our time wisely. Use our time wisely. Verse 5 says, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. You see, every day we wake up, it's a gift from God. Every day that we wake up in the morning and breathe breath, that's not because we have to. It's not because God owes us something. It's because God is allowing us another day on earth. And too often, many people take life for granted. You know that saying that you don't appreciate something until it's gone? Well, we need to appreciate every single day because the truth is it doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter even how healthy we are. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. In fact, we're not guaranteed the next hour. We need to live each day making the most of every opportunity, using our time wisely. And we need to live in such a way that whenever our time on earth comes to an end, we're ready. Whenever our time on earth is done, then we're ready to meet the Lord. You see, time is very precious, and we must not waste our life. God has given each of us a certain amount of time. The Bible says that all of our days are ordained before one of them even came to be. And we are responsible for that time that he's given us. I read this. Someone wrote, to realize the value of one year, ask a student who failed a grade. To realize the value of one month, ask a mother who gave birth to a premature baby. To realize the value of one week, ask the editor of a weekly newspaper. To realize the value of one hour, ask the family who gathers around their loved one's sickbed to say goodbye. To realize the value of one minute, ask a person who missed the train or the bus. To realize the value of one second, ask the person who just avoided an accident. To realize the value of one millisecond, Ask the person who won a silver medal at the Olympics instead of gold. You see, when it comes to time, we must value our time and use it wisely. So that when we stand before God one day, we can truly stand with the confidence knowing that we have done our best in the life that he's given us. That we have made the most of every opportunity. That we have lived in such a way that is pleasing to him and is an example to non-believers. Not only are we to use our time wisely, but the scripture says that we are to be an example to those who are not believers. Those who don't know Christ. Many people may not go to church and and someone said, we're the only Bible they will ever read. Our lives are to be an example to other people. St. Francis of Assisi said, and I love this quote, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. Preach the gospel at all times, and if it's necessary, use words. What does that mean? It means that when someone looks at us from our actions, from the way we conduct ourselves, from the places we go and the entertainment we choose, from the choices we make in life, they can see truly who we are and whose we are. That should be our everyday aim, is to be pleasing to God and set an example. Set an example for those to follow. You want to know why many people become turned off when it comes to Christianity? And I'm just going to be real this morning. It's not because they don't believe in God, but it's because they haven't seen something as real as it should be. 
And too many people walk around carrying the name of a Christian and don't live up to it. And that's the truth. And so I challenge you this year not to be one of them. To choose to live a life that is pleasing to God and to say, I'm going to live up to my name. I'm going to live up to that standard because God has called me to a higher purpose. So either I'm going to choose to live that way or I'm going to change my name. Because we need to start living in such a way that is setting an example and is showing people what it truly means to be a Christian. What it truly means. Using our time wisely. And I'm not saying that people who come to church are hypocrites. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying that a lot of people are misrepresenting the name of Christ. And we must be careful not to fall into that category of being one. God has given us a responsibility. And we need to use that. Use every moment. Use every opportunity to do what we can. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. When we have opportunities to do good, may we do good. When we have opportunities to help, may we help. When we have opportunities to give, may we give. When we have the opportunity, let us use it. Because there will come a time where that opportunity will no longer be there. May we do all we can, when we can, as long as we can. The third point this morning that I want us to remember is this year, may we resolve to number three, watch our words. Watch our words. Verse six says, let your conversation be gracious. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. One of the most important things that we need to do is watch our words. It's something that we use all the time. And it's something that often can slip up that we may not be conscious of it. And what does it mean to watch our words? And I'm not just talking about swearing or or saying bad words, but I'm talking about gossip. I'm talking about lying. I'm trying I'm talking about giving false testimony. I'm talking about whatever comes out of our mouth, we have a responsibility to make sure it's the truth and to make sure it's good. There's an old saying that says, sticks and stones may break my bones. But what? Words will never hurt me. It's not true. It's not true. In fact, sometimes the words that are spoken can leave deeper scars than the sticks and stones. We need to watch our words. Words are very important, and they can hurt people very deeply. The tongue is a very effective tool. It can be used and both used and misused. It can be constructive and destructive. It can build up and it can tear down. We must be careful, especially as believers, of how we use our words, of the things that we say, the things that we allow to come out of our mouth. And it's not just what comes out of our mouth, but hear this. If someone was to eat McDonald's, Every day, or any fast food um, restaurant, every day, every meal for years. How healthy do you think they'd be? Not healthy. Have you ever seen the documentary Supersize Me? Someone who was quite healthy decided to do that. And even just after a little bit, started developing all of these health problems. Why? Because there's no nutrition in junk food. There's no nutrition in it. In fact, there's more harm than good. And it probably would be more beneficial not to eat anything than to eat that. Now, why am I saying that? It's because what we put in 
will come out. What we put in and what we feed ourselves is what will come out. It's the product of what we have fed ourselves and nourished ourselves with. What are you putting in? Are you putting in good, nutritious, uplifting, spiritual things into your mind and your soul? Are you allowing yourself to experience those good things? Or are you filling it with garbage, with junk, with only the things of this world? Because the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What is in will come out. And it may not come out right away, but trust me, it will. Trust me, it will. And when push comes to shove, that's when you see truly what comes out. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What are you allowing to go into your heart? What are you allowing to feed your mind on, to dwell on, to think about? Because the Bible says we should think about things that are good, that are lovely, that are noble, that are honest, that are trustworthy. Those are the things that we should think about. Those are the things that God wants to come out. That's a scripture reference. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. His mouth speaks. What goes in will come out. Are you living your life in such a way that others will see truly who you are and know that you are a Christian? Maybe this year there needs to be a change in the way that you speak in the type of conversations you have. Maybe the gossip needs to stop. Maybe the lying needs to stop. Maybe you saying things about other people and the rumors need to stop. There's a quote that I read that said, Lead your life in such a way that you won't be ashamed to sell the family parrot to the town gossip. (laughs) But think about that. Lead your life in such a way that you will never be ashamed to sell the family parrot to the town gossip. You see, when we watch our words, when we are careful, and when we choose to speak the truth and to speak goodness, then we don't have to worry about anything. And you know another thing that's interesting, sorry, it just came to mind, is even when it comes to lying, you know the truth truly shall set you free? Because you think about lying, right? You think about lying to someone, and then you have to come up with another lie to cover that lie, and then another one to cover that, and then you have to like start to write them down and, and remember what, who you told what to. Just tell the truth. <laughs> tell the truth, and you never have to worry about remembering, right? You just know what the truth is. May this year truly be a year where you say, Lord, help me to watch my words. Whatever it is that you resolve to do this year, may you truly resolve for the rest of your life to at least add these three things to it. May you have a regular prayer life, number one. May you, number two, use your time wisely. Make the most of every opportunity. And number three, resolve to watch your words. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father, this morning we thank you for speaking. We thank you, Lord, for your word, for your truth. And we just pray, Father, that you would just move in this place. That for those who need to make a certain change in their life, that you would help each one. God, we thank you that you allow us that opportunity to make changes. That you want us to change. That you want us to have a regular prayer life. That you want us to use the time that you've given us on earth wisely. And that you want us to watch our words. To build each other up. To help encourage and to speak the truth. 
And so, Lord, we just pray for your blessings upon each one, that indeed you would help each one of us to do those things indeed. In Jesus' name we pray. Are you struggling with anger, bitterness, guilt, addictions, and other hurts, hang-ups, and habits? Come and find freedom and hope at Celebrate Recovery, a Christ-based 12-step program meeting at 7 p.m. every Thursday evening at Rosewood Church, located at 657 Milner Avenue in Scarborough. Please call 416-459-1462 for more information. I'm Pastor Nick of Rosewood Church of the Nazarene in Scarborough. Thank you for listening. I want to encourage you to put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Savior and Lord. If you have made a spiritual decision during this radio broadcast, I'd like to ask you to let us know of your decision so that we can encourage you. Our phone number is 416-298-9932. That's 416-298-9932. Our email address is rosewoodchurch at belnet.ca. That's rosewoodchurch at belnet.ca. We would like to invite you to worship with us next Sunday at 11 a.m. at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene. Here are some directions. From Highway 401, go north on Markham Road. The first street you'll come to is Milner Avenue. Turn right on Milner and drive for 1.6 kilometers. You'll see Rosewood Church of the Nazarene on your right-hand side. I look forward to meeting you. I wish you God's blessings. Thanks again for listening. We wish you a wonderful, blessed week.